0: Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Now you can be assured that these are the days that have been spoken about, proclaimed, anticipated, and in many dreaded. But know for you this is a glorious time. And you cannot afford to be distracted by the news of the day, the gloom of the hour, the panic of the moment. Stand in faith. Declare your faith in God, in His plan, in His protection and provision for you. Walk forward in His blessings. Be not afraid, but be strong in the Lord, the power of His might. For you've been prepared. For such a time as this, the generations that have gone by since he rose from the dead has set the standard and the stage for what is befalling humanity now. But you've been rescued and made a part of that which God is doing. So rejoice in the days ahead and the assignments that you have to do. And all that befalls the earth shall not befall you. For surely your time is short upon the earth and the days of his glory are upon you. So be thankful and be bold. Walk in faith, love one another, love the world but be not of it and you shall see many rescued out of the darkness of hell and brought into the glorious light of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, lift your hands and thank God for it. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Man, hallelujah. God is so good. I said God is so good. I said God is so good. good. Glory to God. Right in the midst of all of this turmoil, we're studying redemption. You ought to be real happy about that. Because there's no better subject to be studying right now because it helps you stay focused on Jesus. Amen? You need to stay focused on him. And you know, here's the thing is there's all kinds of distractions out there. There always has been. You're going to find opportunity to see everything wrong with everybody you've ever known your whole life. (laughs) Come on, you know it's true. So what you need to do is look another direction. (laughs) Because the more you look at me, the more you're going to find out how wrong I am. The more I look at you, the more I'm going to find out how wrong you are. So why don't we both just look at Jesus? I believe that'll get us through. Amen? Amen? Now, we're in a unique position in our study. We've gone through the Old Testament. We've come... Creation, I I listed a few of them here. This is definitely not exhaustive, but kind of like the journey we've been on here for the last few weeks. Creation and the fall, the flood. Then the story of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I know we taught other things in there, but you know the significance of, uh, of Joseph. Then the family that started, Abraham's family. Jacob becoming Israel. The... The enslavement of God's people in Egypt, the exodus, the possessing of the land, the time of the judges, the time of the kings, a nation of prophets, the captivities of Israel. And then as we came on into more recent times, we studied the occupation of, uh, of Israel by Rome. Now we're in a time in which Israel is not a sovereign nation at that time, but they're occupied by a conquering nation, which is Rome, which were world conquerors at the time. Uh, there was a 400-year what they called silent period, which I don't think it was silent because a language was created and also roads were built all over the known world in which some of those roads are still around today. Ways of transportation. Ancient cities were reached because of that. But then we came to a unique time upon the planet. I mean, just for what it is. God came to earth. God came to earth. God came to earth. You know, uh, uh, the Muslim religion can't accept a God that would come to earth or a God that would become human. That, that's, that's, they, they can't do that. But here's the good news. Thank God he did. Because if he wouldn't, we wouldn't be saved. And everything about it, everything, listen, it wasn't like it was, I I like what one uh, translation of one scripture says, it's not like it was done in the shadows. But it was done in such a way, the Bible says, that if the princes of this world would have known, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. So they must have known that that if God ever came to the planet and actually died in some measure and took death upon himself, that it would be a real problem for them. Because they knew everything in the spirit. They live in that spirit realm. Jesus would walk into a, a, a town or into a city and the demons would cry out, are you here to torment us before the time? They're very aware of the time. Very aware. The problem is it's God's people need to wake up and be that aware. I mean, that's how close we are. And so Jesus, born of the word of God, conceived of the word of God, all the word ever spoken by God, from Genesis three fifteen to the end of Malachi was was in the unseen realm, and through the act an act of faith by one little virgin girl, all of that word came and burst through into the sense realm, and Jesus was conceived in the womb of a woman. The seed of the woman was upon the earth. Wow, that is awesome. Now, we know that Jesus. We see, you know, we, we, we studied, we saw his, his, his birth upon the earth, the wise men, why they came, how they were the, you know, they were the disciples of Daniel that had been in that ancient part of the world. And they knew all through everything that they were taught, not only by astrology, but also by the scripture that had been taught them that this was going to happen. And honey, they were right there when it happened. Don't you want to be right there when it happens? Yeah. And you need to be wise. Yeah. Amen. And wise men follow Jesus. Amen. So, you know, uh, uh the wise men, the shepherds, uh the two old intercessors in the temple, everything. I mean, uh Zacharias and 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 his wife, John the Baptist being born. It was amazing. Supernatural things were happening. Supernatural things were happening. And then really the only other time we hear of Jesus, he's 12 years old, probably going for what what's known as the bar mitzvah among the among the, the Jewish uh, uh you know tradition. They're in Jerusalem during the, uh, the Passover feast and they find him in the temple and the scholars and the scribes of, uh, of the temple, they can't believe the wisdom in this 12-year-old boy. Well, he's the Word of God. Yeah. But there's nothing in Scripture, nor do I believe there was anything that set him apart supernaturally when he walked upon the earth for 30 solid years. I don't believe he did any signs. I don't believe he did any any wonders. I don't believe he did any miracles. I don't believe there was any authority in his name because he was a man walking upon the earth in correct relationship to his God, but he was not a God upon the earth. Therefore, he needed to be anointed. So all the things that I just read about, you know, creation, the fall, Abraham, Isaac, and Joseph, the possession of the land, time of the kings, the captivities, you know, the occupation, uh, all, of the, all of those things, that they, they lead up to Jesus being birthed, the birth of Jesus, the wise man. The, you know, it leads up, leads up, leads up to a time in which he's 30 years old. Now that was by tradition in which the elder son of the household would stay in the family or in the household if the father died. So we know Joseph must have passed away during that 30 years in which Jesus was alive upon the earth. Joseph must have passed away because Jesus stayed in the household till he was 30. So Matthew chapter 3 picks it up from there. This is the next event. This is his anointing. Everybody say anointing. Now we know that this anointing was unique among men upon the earth because no man has ever walked in the fullness of the Spirit of God. But the Bible says there in John chapter 3, the gospel of John chapter 3, that he was anointed without measure. He had the Spirit of God without measure. He had a full measure of the Holy Ghost upon him. So he was not, even in his anointing, he was not a God upon the earth. He was a man on the earth, incorrect relationship to his God, which released his God to anoint him or to rub upon him that which is not natural, but supernatural. Amen? Now, let's look at it just for a moment. How's my time? Oh, I'm doing good. Uh, chapter 3, Matthew, verse 1, In those days came John the Baptist. Now, here's John back on the scene. Preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now notice this. This is interesting. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophets, by the prophet Elijah, uh, what is that, Isaiah? Yeah. Saying, here we go, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way, make his path straight. The same John had of his raiment, uh, had a raiment of camel's hair, and a leather girdle about his, about, his, uh, about his loins, and his meat was locusts and wild honey. Everybody say wild honey. Now notice this. This is important. Then went out to him, then went out to him, Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the region round about Jordan. Now, from the end of the dispensation of the minor prophets, whenever uh, the, the, the uh, minor prophets... Their day was over and we entered into that period of what they call silent period. It's 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 not that God wasn't speaking. We just don't have anything that was recorded. I don't believe God was not speaking. I believe there was just nothing recorded that we have in the canon of Scripture. But for the first time since then, what do we have? We have God moving in such a way that it's drawing the masses. God's now moving. It's not that God is doing something in an individual or in a family or in a virgin girl and by His sovereignty and His sovereign time clock, He's bringing things, uh, you know, online with what His plan and purpose is. Now, something has ignited. Something has awakened. And what it was, was a ministry and a prophet in a man, John the Baptist. Now, we know that, that, that his origins are also connected into this great drama, which is Redemption. Because the qualifications of God d- doing something le- like that lie right there in the Scriptures. Number one, it was foretold. It was foretold. You say, well, well what, what could we, how can we? how can we relate that to today? Well, Job chapter 2 says that in the last days, God would pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. So that which we're not only experiencing in a measure, but that which we hope to come into its fullness, amen, has been foretold. But then second, the second qualification, or I like to call it this, the second testimony of revival or the move of God is people come out. They just come out. See, Jerusalem, Judea, and all that region round about, that was and still is the most religious spot on planet Earth. So they were coming out of religion, coming out of tradition, coming out of all that, and they, were going out, they weren't going They were going to some beautiful building somewhere. They were going out into the wilderness. They had the temple in Jerusalem, but they weren't going to the temple. They were going to the wilderness where God had anointed a man to speak. So God was doing something. God was doing something. Thank God God was doing something. It's always important to identify something that God is doing. Now, notice this. This is interesting. Verse 6 says, And were baptized of him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. So, you know, just sum it up. we got a prophet of God, and we've got a prophet that Jesus said of all the prophets that ever lived, he was the greatest. Jesus said that. He wasn't my favorite. I like Samuel. (laughs) Amen. And I'm sure me and Jesus can agree to disagree. And I'm sure that he could prove his point and I couldn't prove mine. So, you know, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> Prophet anointed by God and people are breaking their tradition, breaking their religion. And there's nothing said about healing miracles or any kind of, you know, manifestation, but people are doing what? They're confessing their sin. They're confessing their sin. Well, that, that's, that's really interesting that God would anoint somebody with such an anointing that people would come. Now, now can, you, can you, in your imagination for just a moment, kind of put yourself there as a witness to that and think what that must have been like? I mean, you know, if your neighbor was being baptized and came up out of the water and said, I've been lusting after my neighbor's wife. You might need to get in the water next and come out and say, I want to kill my neighbor. (laughs) So, you know, I bet they were interesting meetings. Amen. But thank God there was grace there. Amen. But now, go down to verse 13. This is what, because we're studying Jesus, we're studying redemption. Verse 13 says, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John, now notice this, to be baptized of him. Now, now wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why didn't Jesus just take off when he turned 30? Why didn't he just take off into ministry? It's because he was not anointed. And when it comes to the anointing, there's a protocol that we not only see in the Old Covenant, we see in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that makes it pretty important. And that protocol involves submission. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, just physically, Jesus probably walked anywhere from 65 to 70 miles just to go to where John was, from where he was from. So that means effort or sacrifice or inconvenience. A lot of people never have revival because it's too inconvenient. It's just not convenient. You know, we, we got to go bowl. we got to play softball. Uh, you know, the fish are biting, the, uh, the ducks are flying, the surf is breaking, the, you know, we got to eat. I mean, come on. If you're looking for convenience, you won't find it in the kingdom. It's just not there. Yeah, we'll, we'll see a, a greater inconvenience than that in just a moment. I'll show you a real inconvenience in just a moment. So he inconvenienced himself. So when he walked onto the scene, he didn't say, well, everybody out the way. Jesus is here. He's just my cousin. He didn't do that. So he's going there with an intended purpose to be baptized, but what are they doing? What kind of meeting is it? They're baptizing in the Jordan and people are coming up confessing their sin. Now notice this. This is cool. Let me find it here. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him, but John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? Now, John, you know, I'm sure his intentions were totally righteous. But if he knows Jesus, behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. So he not only knew Jesus, you know, through his family, what the family had said about Jesus all the years he'd been alive. Amen. But he knew him spiritually. Behold the Lamb of God. And then what what are you doing here? What are you doing here to be better? Don't you know this is a sin confession meeting? This is a sin issue meeting. What are you doing here? Don't, don't, don't no, no. If anybody comes up out of that water confessing sin, it needs to be me. It needs to be me. Because if it ain't me, we're all in trouble. But now notice, this is what's unique about God. And this is all, this is a redemptive thread. He says this. He's, this is so cool. He says, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us, us, to fulfill all righteousness, or to fulfill our right standing. John it's been foretold and everyone's coming out. That's proof of your right standing with God under the old covenant. See it was, it was manifested righteousness. Favor of God is upon him. Hand of God. Hand of God is upon him. The hand of God is upon John. Amen. But he says I'm here now so I haven't come to usurp that. I've come to submit to that. I'm going to submit to that. So it's really not about sin, John. It's about righteousness. See, listen, this is a, a redemptive reality. It, once you get born again and, listen, live for God a, a, a few months or a few years, the s- sin should not be an issue anymore. It should be fulfilling righteousness. Or God, what is my righteous path? He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name. Son. What is the path you have for me? What is the life you have for me? Because you got to realize it's a greater path or life than you could ever pick for yourself beyond your imagination now notice this he said then he, he suffered him he baptized him and Jesus when he was baptized went up straight away to, out of the water and lo the heavens were open everybody say open heaven now things are happening for Jesus his submission his place of submission becomes a place of an open heaven whoo hallelujah you know, we were praying earlier, and we had to—I had to make myself stop. I mean, the spirit of prayer fell in the in the prayer room, and uh, it was awesome. And uh, you know, the Lord gave us a word about uh, you know the favor. And Lee and I—we've been watching, we've been talking about the, this this awesome favor that we've been seeing, and that which God is doing. But then God spoke to us and said that even within this season, there's even going to be a another season in which there'll be some special things that will happen. Well, I'm I'm ready for that. Glory to God. Amen? Because he's bringing bringing the church forward uh, from faith to faith, glory to glory. The the, the spirit realm is beginning to ignite. Oh, yeah, negatively, yeah, but no, I mean, I'm talking about righteously. It's starting to ignite. For thus becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. Jesus, when he was baptized, went out straight. The heavens opened. And he, the he there is John, John saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. Down came the anointing. Down came the Holy Ghost. Now his place of submission has become his place of anointing. Woo! Glory to God. Amen. And once that anointing begins to come up on, it comes on you for a purpose. You're not anointed for no reason just to sit there. No, you're anointed for a purpose. Everybody say a purpose. Purpose. That's why it helps to discover what your purpose is. So now he's anointed, and now notice the next two things. This is so unique. It says, uh, and a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. First part of chapter 4. And then was Jesus led up of the spirit. So that's spiritual communication. So his submission to what God was doing in reality was submission to God. In his place of submission, the heavens opened. When the heavens opened, his place of submission became his place of anointing. And that anointing, listen, I've experienced this for 39 years. Man, when I, I went to Bible school at Lakewood, I would just back from the Lord six months. And I went there, and I remember the first time I went there getting out of my car and sensing the presence of the Lord so strong in the, in, in the, in the parking lot, I could barely walk to the door. It was back in the early 80s, but still, you know, the anointing the anointing. And, you know, when I got in there and started worshiping God and hearing Pastor Osteen preach, and I, I thought, this is where I need to be. I'm going to submit to this. That's where I went to Bible school. I never wanted to leave. But see, God has a path of righteousness for all of us that we have to follow. So Jesus, he gets on that path. See, Jesus is our example. Now listen to me very closely. But Jesus cannot be your example until he becomes your substitute. I, I was, I flew into uh, Salt Lake City in 1988, I was headed for southern Idaho to preach pre- some meetings, and uh, the Olympics was on, and so I, they had these little TVs you could put a quarter in and watch 15 minutes for a quarter, and I wanted to watch the, the Olympics, but there were only four channels, and, and one of them, the Olympics was on, but on the other three was the, the Mormons were having their, uh, their convention, their annual convention. It's always in September. So one of their leading prophets was speaking and he was preaching out of, out of Philippians chapter 2 where I'm fixing to go in just a moment and he was preaching about Jesus and everything he said was, was, was amenable until he got to this one last thing that he said. Jesus is only our example and we must follow him in the way and then he shut the bible. And I thought, "Oh my God. He's not even he, he you don't even understand. Jesus has to be your substitute before he can ever become your example. And now he's anointed by God. The hand of God has come upon him. Now he's correctly hearing the voice of God, and a lot of people struggle to hear the voice of God because they're unsubmissive in their heart. Therefore when God says something, they say, "Did it thunder?" Or the devil's able to. I always love the phrase when people come to me and say, I think I heard from God. I always say no. <laughs> Amen. You say, what do you mean? No, I think I did hear from God. No, you didn't. No, because if you heard from God, you wouldn't think you did. You'd know you did. God doesn't have a hard way. man. Oh, what if I talked to you? Would you know it was me? So now Jesus is anointed. Everybody say anointed. Anointed. Go to Philippians chapter 2 real quick and we'll close. Listen to this. His submission, out of his submission came obedience. Out of his obedience came sacrifice. Out of his... Sacrifice came suffering. Out of his suffering came resurrection. Out of his resurrection came victory. Out of his victory came exaltation. Out of his exaltation comes authority. There's no reason any Christian should be weak. Let me say that again. I said there's no reason any Christian should be weak. Chapter 2. Verse, oh, for sake of time, verse 5. Let this mind, let this purpose, let this attitude be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took on upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And in being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth. Every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, not, 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 we have to connect it to these last two scriptures, or these next two scriptures. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed me, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, listen, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Amen. Now, this is... this. You can live in this scripture for a little while. We're going to begin tonight something. We've already only referred to it a couple of times, but this is the beginning of it, where we begin to go into the letters to the church and not see a portrait or a tapestry, but actually see an x-ray, what you actually see behind the scenes, what you actually see in the spirit realm. Enlightenment. The eyes of your understanding being... Listen, don't, don't, don't think enlightenment is a feeling or an emotion. Enlightenment is an additive of knowledge to your spirit man that increases the reality of Jesus in you. So this preexistent part of God, it's what he was. pre existent As much God as God could ever be God. The, the, the word of creation... Think of all the types and shadows of the Old Covenant. Oh, my goodness. All through the Old Covenant. Then the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory. We still are beholding His glory. What do you think it means to study the Gospels and redemption? It's to behold His glory. It's to behold His glory. And, And when you behold His glory, you can't help but be changed, as it says in 2 Corinthians. Tie that to what we taught on Sunday for several weeks. So you must realize this, this, this captain of the host of the Lord, this, this living word of God came to the earth, got into a, a human body as you would put a suit of clothes on, was made in the likeness of men. You talk about a step down. That's why many times promotion in the kingdom is a step down. That's why many people don't really find true promotion. Because see the ego of man, ambition of man drives him up the corporate ladder. The compassion of God holds the ladder. Amen. So so Jesus, the plan of God is unveiled and revealed by everything he said down through the ages. Everything that, that happened, the virgin would conceive that it would happen in Bethlehem. Everything about it, that his hands would be pierced. Everything about it, that he would humble himself. But see what's unique about the scripture because we're in Christ and redemption is going to bring you into the reality that everything that is true about him is also true about you now. Now you are in Christ. So when you see this this wonderful posturing of God himself in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, let this mind, this attitude, this purpose be also in you, which is what? Which is to serve even if you step down to do it. You talk about going against the grain of human ego and ambition. It goes totally opposite. It's as opposite as light is from dark. Amen. So that's the way Jesus came. And then was what? Obedient. Even unto death. The execution of a murderer. Murderer. And see, we think we have problems. And, well, you know, you got to understand. That's why you better stay. You better stay fixed on Him, because every negative thing about every person on the planet is getting amplified by a super sensitive emotional drama going all around the world. You say, "Well, what is that? Pick one. <laughs> Which one you want to pick?" Amen. And we're not looking for a rescue. Amen. Rescue us. No. And we're not looking for a re- rescue from the gov- government or anything. We're looking to follow him because as we follow him, he leads us into that exact place. In his, even in his sovereignty, we end up in that same place as what? As the servants of God. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus who was what? Who, who, who submitted to the will of God but in his submission was anointed, amen, and was able to carry out the will of the Father on the earth and not only became our substitute but also became our example in humility, in righteousness, in obedience, and in exaltation. Be not weary in well-doing for in due season you shall reap if you Faint not. Amen. But then the last two scriptures, they're not the last two scriptures of the Bible. It says, Where am I, wherefore, my beloved? That, th- listen, listen, this will blow your mind. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now all, much more in my absence. Listen to this. Boy, you talk about. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it's God that worketh in you both the will and do of his good pleasure. You talk about a scripture that has been used to mess up a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. How many religions have gone into legalism trying to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling for it's God that worketh in you, both the will and the do of his good will. That's the great. He gives you some of the most tremendous revelation about this man, Jesus. Your Savior, your, your Lord, should be the number one person in your life. For without him, you have no life. He's the one with his hand upon God and hand upon you. Amen. He abides in you. You are the branches. He is the vine. You, you produce the fruit of what he died for. then God unveils and shows us the x-ray of redemption and says, see the word of God. Submit and come under the submission of the Father and obey his plan perfectly and come to the earth and humble himself and take a great big step down. Gave up his deity. Gave up his glory. Gave up the riches of heaven. Gave up everything that made him who he was and came down and got into a body of fallen humanity. But he was not fallen for his blood was not tainted. And in his obedience to God, and we'll study this next week, he revealed the nature of God for three and a half years, the compassion of God for three and a half years, the wisdom of God for three and a half years. Then he died, and he secured our victory, and he rose from the dead, and then God highly exalted him and gave him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow of heaven, earth, and under the earth. And at the end of that jam-packed, revelation that's so big that if you ever really get it it'll blow you away he says this now you you work out your own salvation for it's God that worketh in in work out your own for it's God that worketh in you work out your own salvation for it's God that worketh he's not working out here For it's God that worketh in you, in you, in you, in you, both the will and to... You know what he's saying? God is saying, look at the attitude, look at the mind, look at the purpose of my son. He humbled himself. He He became obedient. He submitted himself even unto death, the death of the cross. He says, because of that, you've got salvation on the inside of you. There is a piece of resurrection power now resident in your spiritual DNA, giving you life, healing your body, blessing you, helping you to hear the voice of God, and it is there because you said yes to Jesus because of what Jesus did for you. Now, it's in you. So let this mind, let this purpose be in you, which was also in him. Don't go around getting people to serve you. Don't go around trying to get people to give to you. Go, no, no, you, go out. you start serving them. You start blessing them. You start loving people, people that don't love you, people that hate you, people that don't look like you. Why don't you go to this nation? Or why don't you do this? Or why don't you do that? Or why don't you go bless these people? Why don't you be just like Jesus in serving people? For if you will do that, That residue of resurrection power that's in you will do what? It will come out of you. You will work out your salvation. It will come from the outside and it will start, I mean, it will come from the inside and it will start affecting the outside. That is the redemptive reality of what God has done for us in Christ, is the more you can dredge up out of your spirit man on the inside, the more that Christ is revealed on the inside of you, the more you see him for who he really is, who he really is, not just to you, but who he is to this whole stinking mess right now. You say, what do you mean by that? He is the only answer. I'd rather know that now. <laughs> did you get that? I'd rather know that now. I'd rather know that now. And however we have to serve God, from now to the time, that, that trump of an argument. What did we say a couple of weeks ago? When the trump sounds and the angel shouts, will you hear it? Will you hear it? There'll be a lot of people who won't hear it you got to make sure you hear it. How do you hear it? Work out your own salvation. Amen. For it's God that worketh in you, both the will and do, of his good pleasure. Well, how do I do that? Well, yes, you study and you pray and you come to church. But then you you become, a, uh, instead of a needy, so many then you start meeting the needs of other people. You say, well, I can't do that. Yeah, when God blesses me, I will. He'll never bless you. You start right there where you're at. Right there with what you got. I mean, Lee and I, we started with nothing and ended up with less than that. That's right. Amen. Not until we got married, I gave her half of everything I owed. It was a glorious day. Amen. I mean, we had to go up to get to down. I've heard them all. <laughs> Amen. It's true though, but look, God has blessed us. Oh, my goodness, all the things we've done, places we've been, glory to God. But these last days, I'm telling you, it's amazing what's going on. You can get up here and talk about the end times, talk about all's going on. People, man, their, their hair will be standing up on the back of the neck. You say, why? Because it's happening right now in front of our eyes. It is, it is all happening. But the good news is, you're on the right side of this. You're on the glory side of this, you're on the light side of this, and you're on the life side of this. Yeah. And because of that, I guarantee you, one day you'll be thankful that you are who you are, know what you know, and that you can do what you can do with that which God has given you. Amen? Yeah. Praise God. We'll pick this up next week. This is, this is going to get real good. Hallelujah. You love the Lord? Amen. Lift your hands and worship Him. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Father. Lord, we worship you tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. There's been a wonderful anointing in here all night long. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We'll just take a moment to worship God. Hallelujah. It never, never hurt, never hurts. Hallelujah. In a room like this where the word of God has been taught for about 30, 35 minutes. Whole room saturated with the Word of God. Jesus Christ, hallelujah. Captain of our salvation, hallelujah. The Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first, the last. Author and finisher of our faith, soon coming King, hallelujah. The living Word of Almighty God, Savior, Healer, Baptizer, and the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Father. We glorify your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen, amen. Well, stand on your feet. Glory to God. Father, thank you for tonight. Lord, we thank you that the word of God dwells in us richly. We thank you that forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Lord, as we leave tonight, we do declare your protection and safety over all, all that concerns us, Lord, over our travels, the highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways, Lord, over the righteous labor of our hands, Lord, over our existence here on the earth at this point in history. Thank you, Father, for Psalms 91. We claim it. We declare that a thousand could fall at our side. Ten thousand at our right hand, but it will not come nigh us. Only with our eyes will we behold and see the reward of the wicked. Thank you that the devil is defeated. Jesus is Lord. We walk in the light of it. Thank you that the joy of the Lord is our strength. The Word of God is our standard. The Spirit of God anoints and empowers and abides. Ha <laughs> ha! Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the path of righteousness. Thank you for the zeal of God that consumes us. Father, we thank you for times of preparation, times of launching, times of increase, times of blessing. Thank you for your great favor upon us. Lord, we thank you we are also sons and daughters given unto you for signs and wonders in these last days. Let us be an answer to the prayer prayer of fearful, hurting people, a problem to the devil, and a miracle in people's lives. Lord, as we leave tonight, we walk in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We walk in love one toward another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah. Cheese.